This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Demarest, CPA with Parm Ellison Associates. Uh, today, I got a special guest with me. I got Travis Troy from Honest Wrenches out of Des Moines, Iowa and West Des Moines, Iowa. So, Travis, thanks for coming on here. Hey, I greatly appreciate you uh, giving me the invite. It's yeah, of awesome. course. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. So, Travis and I are down at Vision Conference right now, coming up on the final day here tomorrow. It's been an awesome time, ton of management training, ton of tech training here. And so what I wanted to have Travis come in here and kind of pick his brain about is tech training. Um, he brought his entire staff down here for three, four days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's been pretty incredible. Um, it's something that we're starting to see more and more of. He's one of the first ones I've ever seen really do it to this level. And so I just want to kind of take a dive into that uh, with him. Now, before we do that, I want to have a quick word from our sponsor, Shopware. You just flip through a pile of papers to find out that invoice while your customer waits impatiently. Talk about a dumb use of your time. You need a digital shop management system that makes you look smart. Visit them at GetShopware.com. You know, one of the things that we were talking about before is you brought down your entire staff. Everyone shut down the shop completely. So just talk to me a little bit about that. How did you guys start doing it? Um, We were kind of talking before the show and you're like, we've always done it. But when we brought the entire team, it was just you and Josh at first, right? Right. So the first time that we ever came, um, we were invited by Tim Davison, Chumley's Auto Care, which is now the president of Milwaukee. Um, he gave us the, the invite to come down and give it a try. And, you know, at that time it was, it was me and Josh and, and we were the service writer, the technician, the shuttle driver. And, uh, you know, we, we were everything. So when we shut down, it was, it was just us. And every year from there on after, as we continue to grow, um, we would bring everybody, you know, this year we've got a a huge team of 12 team members that came down and, uh, you know, that's a huge investment, but, uh, it also goes to show that the investment that we're willing to make in them and their future. And if we do our due diligence, you know, they'll, they'll utilize that investment with inside our facility. Um, if we don't do our due diligence, then they can take that knowledge anywhere and, and continue to excel. Yeah. Well, I think this is also a two way street, right? You know, everyone thinks, oh, I give everything to my employees and look at what I gave you. I give you a place to work. I give you money. But this is also a sign of appreciation for them, I feel like, as well, of like, hey, you guys bust your butt. You guys, if without your team, you wouldn't have the businesses that you do. And so I think also a lot of this is a sign of gratitude. And I think a lot of them probably appreciate that. I know they do. I've talked to them firsthand. It's one of those things, us as business owners, especially, you know, before we get any leadership training, we always think that it's, it's just the employees always poking at us. Oh, it's just this, it's that. And, and when you truly get some of that leadership training and, and become a better leader, you know, that without a strong army, it's not possible. Absolutely not even. And and that's, that's one thing that we let our team know, you know, on a consistent basis, always in one-on-ones in just general talking that, you know, without them, you know, honest wrenches is nothing. Yeah. And, and it takes, you know, them wearing our logo on their sleeve every single day to really take that full ownership. Well, and I think there's a lot of pride in that too, you know, is, is when you kind of transition from an employee relationship to, I'm just clocking in for the man, I'm just clocking in for Josh. I'm just clocking in for Travis too. Hey, you know what? The honest wrenches brand means something to me as well. Even though I don't have an invested interest in it, I'm not an owner of this, but I'm proud of what I do. And I want to be able to continue on this reputation. I mean, when I looked up before to see, you know, what the official town your other location was in, you guys have like 600 five-star reviews. So, you know, stuff like that doesn't lie. 
And that doesn't just happen out of nowhere, right? Absolutely. I mean, that a lot of that goes to Vision High Tech Training and Expo, you know, and, and all the other training events that we do throughout the year with our team to really be able to, you know, groom them into not just leaders, but team members. Yeah. And whether that's on a technician level, a, a shuttle driver level, you know, we want to make sure that that we truly care and we get everybody the training that they need so they can excel to whatever level they want to. Not everybody wants to go to the top. And that's important for us as business owners to understand is that we want to put our people where they want to be, yeah. not where we feel they need to be. Yeah. And, you know, as we've grown, that's one thing that <clears throat> was my, my biggest problem is I always wanted my people to go all the way to the top and not all of them want that. So by being able to see that and put them where they want to excel, and that doesn't mean that they're stuck there forever. That just might mean that's where they want to be right now. Exactly right. With inside their life, uh, maybe they're starting a family or um, have no kids. So they're ready to just roll on through and, and give it everything they've got. And then they want to slow down a little bit once they do start having a family. So to be able to realize that and, and go through those in your one-on-one -on -one meetings and stuff like that, I think that really shows that they're not a number and we do truly care about them. And we want to see them succeed to the level that they want to. Yeah. And you like really hit a awesome point there when you were talking about this of figuring out what these people really want. Right. So a lot of times as business owners, you have a vision of where you see, Hey, I got this kid. He's got a ton of potential. He's going to grow. He's going to be a technician. At some point I want to be a shop foreman and then I want to take over. But now we're assuming this is what he wants, right? We're designing his path for him. And sometimes that's right. Sometimes you're dead on. Other times it's like, no, I love turning wrenches. I'll never do anything other than turning wrenches. And that's what I would do for the rest of my life. But if you don't have that conversation, you don't get that dialogue, then how can you help that person? If you're like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to write service. A lot of times they're going to say, OK, cool, like because that's what they think that you want to do in the back of their mind. They're like, I don't want to do that. And that's where sometimes I feel like, you know, and I'm not sure if this ever happened to you, but, you know, if, if you've lost an employee and they're just like, oh, I want to do something else. And you're like, man, you take that really hard because that's the kind of stuff that you should have been able to, you know, have a conversation about and should have been able to know, hey, you know what? They're doing this, but this is not really their dream. This is not what they're happy with. Absolutely. You know, we've 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 probably failed more than we've succeeded. But, uh, you know, with every failure, we're always learning, you know, first attempt in learning. Yeah. And uh, we, we take every single one of those failures you know, sit back and analyze them and, and see, you know, what could we have done differently? And that's really a, a huge growth opportunity for us not to just sit there and point fingers, but to really own that, that failure and grow from it. Yeah. And be able to learn from it and say, Hey, you know what? It's terrible. It happened, but what can we do? And sometimes it's frustrating because, you know, you look at it and you're like, we did everything right. It's just not a fit. And, you know, that part is really tricky as a business owner because not everything's perfect. Not everyone's going to work out. And like you said, people are in different stages of their life. If you're 25 years old, you've got no kids, then you know what? Cranking 50, 60 hours a week, working on Saturdays and stuff like that might be perfectly fine. When you're 35, you got three kids. That's not going to be the most ideal life for them. And so this is not something that you can just be like, all right, I got a new person on board. I'm going to interview them. This is what we're going to do. This stuff changes all the time. Absolutely. It's, it's for sure not a one size fits all. And it's not something that um, what you want today might not be what you want tomorrow. Yeah. Your wants change in a, in a day to day or a month to month or a year to year basis. Um, especially as you grow professionally and, and at the, at the state that we've grown, you know, I mean, our wants have changed. Yeah. And for me now, it's, it's really to the point of 
of what our team truly wants. Yeah. I want to do what our team wants and, and to the growth that they want and to be able to allow them a path to continue to grow. And that may mean more stores than two. That may mean three, four. I don't know. Yeah. But it's up to our team now. And we've got to be able to provide the pathway for them to grow to where they want to be. Yeah. So that way we're able to retain the highly talented team members and continue to recruit highly talented team members that want to be a part of the team, not just to punch a clock, but to be a part of an organization that truly cares. Yeah, and that's exactly right. You know, it kind of goes back to all the training that we're doing and talking about vision. I mean, vision, for those of you that aren't aware of it, is, you know, one of the bigger expos, conventions that they have in the United States, not only doing tech training, you know, super high level, two, four, eight hour day tech training, but at the same time, a lot of high level management training from all the top trainers around the country. Um, you know, but just like you're saying, retaining top level talent and attracting top level talent, arguably probably the number one issue that I hear with shops around the country. You know, it's very hard. And the thing about this too is you have to have that training. This industry is getting way too complicated. I mean, some of the stuff, you know, I'm a gearhead myself, so I'm a little bit dangerous. Some of the stuff that they have out there that, you know, these kids are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Waves. I was like, you know, this is just cutting edge stuff and it's changing all the time. And so it almost seems like it's not even an option for shops to not do this kind of training. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to be a player in this industry um, and, and not be one of the ones that have got the four lease sign out in front of your building, this is this is truly an investment that you've got to make in your team. And and it shows prospective um, team members that are looking to possibly join your team that, you know, I'm willing or, or we're willing or the organization is willing to invest in them in their future and get them the training, whether that's on a technical side, a leadership side that, that they need to be able to excel and that we don't look at it as, as just a number. You know, I mean, when we first started the, the, the largest line item on our P and L was insurance. <laughs> uh, well, it's not anymore. Yeah. This event alone outtakes our, our annual insurance. You know what I mean? You know, training has, has really, taken over the 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 highlight of or the largest number on the P&L. Yeah. And I think that goes to show our commitment in our team and our commitment in our growth of the organization. When you started in this business, did you really think that cars would be driving themselves and that people would be buying cars online without test driving them? I don't think any of us did. Yet that's exactly what is going on. On the repair side, the auto industry is changing fast. Customers expect quick answers and proof that they need the repairs that you recommend. They want to pay you while buying a coffee, then rate you on Yelp after picking up their keys. So why stay in the past? A shop owner named Carolyn asked herself the same question, so she created an online shop management system that automates the stuff you do over and over again. She and her team added texting in every step in the process from booking your appointment to posting that stellar review. They learn from their customers just like you learn from yours. And it's the system that's leading the industry into a bright future. Find out more about this and other things at GetShopware.com. So what do you think other shops are doing that aren't investing in training? How are they staying up to date on this stuff? Or are they? They're not. Um, it's impossible. You can't. If you're not growing, you're dying. And what I mean by that is... That's not on, on a top line sales. That has nothing to do with that. Okay. It has to do with if you're not growing your team, your information, the knowledge that you have, you're dying. Um, it's, it's impossible, especially in this industry anymore to just think that you know it all 
and that you no longer have to do training because you're good. You've only got 10 years left in the industry. Mm-hmm. You've only, I'm going to look to exit here soon. It doesn't matter. It yeah. changes so fast that we have to be able to, especially in the, with the COVID transition. Thankfully, we were ahead of the curve in pickup and delivery and shuttle service and touchless and all of that, that when COVID happened, it had absolutely no impact on us at all. We didn't have to do a paradigm shift. We didn't have to figure out how to how to pick up and deliver cars. We had the staff, the support staff, the team, the systems in place already that it was that was really where we wanted our business to go and gave you a jump start. And it was, it was just like, you know, opening the gates to just allow us to really own that. Yeah. And, and we now own that market. Everybody knows that they don't come to us. We come to them, pick their vehicle up, bring it back, get it serviced. If we keep it for more than 24 hours, we get them into a loaner vehicle. When it's completed, we send them a text to pay link and boom, we drop it back off. Now that also has its challenges because it makes it really hard to be able to grow personal relationships in a face to face. Okay. So there's times where we will try to invite them in. We want to be able to continue to grow that relationship, but that is where the world is going. I do not want to go to a, to a grocery store. Yeah. It's probably been three years since I've been to a grocery <laughs> store, unless it's my little local one in my town, you know, mm-hmm. I would rather have them bring it to me. I'm busy. And so is the world. In my opinion, in the last five years, the world has gotten extremely busy. Yeah. Even though, yeah, we're doing less, but the days are fuller, right? You know, and uh, Travis is one of our clients uh, from my firm, and we're based in Maryland. He's based in Iowa. And I think that there's some parallels to what you guys are doing to what you're doing with us. You know, the conventional logic, you know, for most of my clients before they came on board with us is I'm going to see my accountant. I'm going to see him face to face because that's how it's always been done. And I see a big parallel with what you're doing here in the automotive industry in general. It's like, hey, the old school way was you come in and a lot of times sit there and wait, right? Hey, you came in there, you wait, they worked on your car. You maybe had a friend come pick you up. And then we started seeing a little bit, hey, you know what? That's not the best way to do it. People are going to come drop it off, but they're going to take a learner car. You know, we'll call them when they're done. They're going to pick them back up. And then again, you guys are even taking it to the next level here of, hey, the car needs to be worked on. We'll call, we'll talk, we'll text and say, hey, this is what it needs done. Hey, are you free tomorrow? Leave it out. We'll come grab it, you know, and again, communicate the whole process. You know, you guys are doing DVIs. You guys are communicating along the way, giving them updates and you bring the car back. I mean, think about it. You know, it's it's like Amazon. Anytime that I'm buying something online, I'm like, wait, five days. Like, all right, no way. I can't wait that long. You know, it's like people want it now. People want that frictionless, you know, transaction. And this is what you guys are doing here. Absolutely. I always tell my team every day, and, I, and I've got an article on our um, SOP platform, now is wow. Yeah. And we say now, and, and we'll figure it out on the backside. It, it causes chaos sometimes, um, but as long as our, our end consumer, our client does not see that, that's, that's where those 600 five-star reviews come from. Yeah. Because we're willing to sacrifice on the backside and, and, and figure it out and make it happen every time. Yeah. And I think what a lot of people find out too, is like we kind of mentioned before, what are the other people doing? And I think what ends up happening is people get complacent, people run a business and then something like COVID happened or something else happens and they have to do a monstrous leap because they're like, we can't change. We have to completely change the way they're doing business. And everyone has it over their career. Sometimes it's a bigger or smaller step, but steps like that are uncomfortable. Steps like that usually cost a lot of money and possibly turnover and stuff like that. Instead, if you're getting ahead of this stuff, you're like, hey, we're going as, you know, we're stepping as we go here. So we're always staying ahead of the curve and not having kind of this big wake up call of, Hey, we need to do something. 
Um, but one of the things on that is, you know, you got into this business. I know how you started here. You know, you guys started just you and Josh just working on cars. What out of a out of uh, a two two car garage? And- yeah. Got shut down and moved into a storage <laughs> unit, and that's when we were a legit business. <laughs> there you go, legit in the storage unit. But you know what? I think that there's a, I think that a lot of people can you know relate to that. So many of my clients are, how'd you start? Hey, I worked at someone else's. I started doing side work. My side work took over my main work, and then I started working my way up here. What do you think it was that gave you the big wake up call of, hey, you know what? I'm not going to have the same shop that this guy has. I'm not going to have the same shop. I'm going to be, you know, the shop of tomorrow. I'm going to be a forward thinker. Where do you think that you had kind of that shift of, you know what? I don't have to do it the way that everyone else does it. I need to do it the right way. You know, Josh and I, when, when we went into this business, um, we didn't really have any experience in a shop. So we never had the, the misconceptions or the, this is the way it's supposed to be. So when we got ourselves around involved at that time, it was ASA Midwest. Um, now it's, it's Midwest Auto Care Alliance. And when, when we got ourselves around those people and then further on, you know, we joined, you know, ATI and uh, became a client of theirs and which we're, we're still an alumni member. When we truly got into that and, and surrounded ourselves with people like you guys, Parmelis, you know, really, I call it building our resource center for growth and doing the training like vision and stuff like that and always taking those ideas. And one thing that I always loved is, is when people in the industry would say, well, that won't work. No, you can't do that. I mean, in our local market, we had so many people, even to this day, tell us loaner cars will never work. <laughs> I don't know how many we have. I think we're up to 20. I have not a clue right now, but I'm here to tell you that. And we work. know where all of them are right now, right? <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, it works. Yeah. It's, you have to be strategic about it. Yeah. You have to be smart. It's a huge liability. Yeah. You have to train your team. Yeah. You have to, and just like it is working on a car, right? But if you take ownership in that and you do the research and you meet with your insurance companies and you set up those meetings and you have that stuff double checked, triple checked, make sure that you're doing everything that you can to protect yourself. Yeah. It's a no brainer. That's what our clients want. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good example, you know, and I think that that's probably one of the strong points there is you guys didn't have those preconceived notions. You know, a lot of times people translate to a technician. Sometimes people want that green technician because I'm not breaking bad habits. I'm teaching you the way that we do it. Might not necessarily be the right way or wrong way. This is just how we do this. And we have a standardized process on that. Um, But as a quick aside on there, you brought up a really good point for anyone here listening. If you do loaner cars, do not wait till it's too late. Talk to your insurance agent, go through different situations, get your insurance agent to review the contract that you're giving to your customers because stuff does happen. Right. And usually you only find out when something bad happens and you get surprised. Hey, I thought I was covered under that. Magically, you're not right. You're never going to find that out if no one ever runs into anything, steals it, you know, loses it or anything like that. It's, it's always a bad situation when you find out truly how well you're taken care of by your insurance company. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so one thing that I always challenge everybody on I'm not endorsed or anything by, by Federated Auto Insurance, but they do an amazing job of giving back to this industry. And that's that's who we use. And one of the things that they had challenged me on when I was talking to them is they said, you, you don't have to come with, with us. Mm-hmm. But what I challenge you to do is when you're out in the market looking for insurance, have them show you the fine print with inside your documents that says 
loaner vehicle coverage. Yeah. And he said, and we unfortunately got bit by another insurance company beforehand where our local agent said, Oh my goodness, you guys are covered. Yeah. Just run this, you know, whatever loaner agreement that you guys have. And at that time, I think it was like chicken scratch on a piece of notepad this or something. Looks great. Don't worry. <laughs> right. It'll be fine. Right. And then, you know, we have a car get rear ended and then they rear end another car. Well, now we own three cars and some doctor bills. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, with federated. Um, we've had our fair share of fender benders and they've been, they've been great. They, they take that ownership within it, but they taught us what to look for, even if we didn't go with them. Yeah. I think that's a testament to, to some of these organizations and companies out there to really get you the knowledge that you need and let you make that right decision. You're exactly right. And shout out to Federated. Federated is here exhibitor, uh, sponsor of vision, um, you know, partner with the industry. Um, you know, and I think you're exactly right there. You're relying on professionals. You know, anytime you're a business owner, you're relying on professionals, right? No one likes to read contracts. No one understands half the contracts. At the end of the day, it's up to the insurance country, the insurance company to really break that down for you and say, Hey, Travis, you need to be doing X, Y, and Z because you could be interpreting however you want. At the end of the day, you're hoping to not have to come out of pocket. The insurance company is. And them having, you know, your back and be able to educate you in the ins and outs and your areas of exposure to limit as much as possible is exactly why we have agents. So that's absolutely. Cool. And one of the things that I always say is this industry changes a lot. So does insurance. Yeah. Right. So on an annualized basis, always sitting down with your agent and going over your safety protocols and going over your loaner agreements and stuff like that to make sure that nothing did change laws. Um, is this now outdated? Always, you know, give yourself a checklist of what you need to do on an annualized basis and make sure that you go through those steps. And, you know, ours, ours renews in February. So it's, it's still fresh in my mind. I just had that meeting and, you know, we go through all of that and, and my agent was just, you know, he's just, really impressed with the approach that we take for the safety of, of us and our team and the training that we put them through for, you know, the safe driving and stuff like that and having them, you know, go through that training and make sure that, that we provide them those resources um, to help minimize that as much as possible. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were saying before with the training and building the vision of what your business is going to be and stuff like that. This is not something that you can just do and be done with it. Right. You know, you're talking about the insurance. Hey, it's not just, hey, my insurance is good. My loaner cards are good. Done. Check off the next thing. Now, this is something you've got to constantly be checking on because if you're not checking on it, inevitably what's going to happen is six, seven years are going to pass. You're going to have an issue with one of your loaner cards. And seven years ago, that contract was fine. Now that contract is illegal to even sign and something's going to throw it out. You know, at the end of the day, no fault of insurance companies. They, we usually in a situation like that have two insurance companies and their battle is to get the other person to pay. Right. And it's yep. where the ones get stuck in the crosshair of it. So making sure that you're staying ahead of that stuff is super, super important. Absolutely. Cool. So one of the things that Travis and I were talking about before here is, you know, one of the reasons why I want to have him on here, Travis's entire team is here. And I was just talking before I was like, you know what? Everyone here is getting so much knowledge. And these are the top trainers. I mean, people are leaving here with 30, 40 hours of training and fired up and going back. And then you're trying to go regurgitate all this information to your technician, the rest of your team. You know, do you even think that that's possible? I mean, what level of that are you actually going to be able to convey in what way to your team? I know a lot of the shop owners that are sitting here listening are, are going to really be able to relate to this. We, we've all done training where it's just us as the shop owner that goes and and we come back, you know, invigorated and refreshed and, and ready to, to change the world. 
and we, we show back up and, and all of our team members are sitting there still stuck in the mud and they're like, Oh, I wonder what, what Joe's going to come back with and change the world with this time, you know? And so that's like in a negative way. A lot of times <laughs> yeah, too, I absolutely. hear it all the time that people are like, Hey, Here they don't even go. like me going to training. Cause then you're going to come back. You're going to try to change everything. And they don't get why exactly. right? they just think this is more work. We're not allowing them to experience it. Mm-hmm. And when you do invest in your team and bring the entire team, there's not a single person stuck in the mud when you come back. Yeah. And everybody is rowing in the same direction. And that is truly when you just fly past the other people that weren't willing to make that investment. And it's no longer an expense. Yeah. It's got an extremely high ROI on it. Yeah. No, it's a really good point. I mean, because, you know, my company, my firm, we do training as well. And, you know, we've been guilty of the same stuff of trying to do different things. And we'll come back. And one of the big things that we'll get is, you know, we'll go and try, we're going to try to do this. We're going to try to do that. And someone will bring up a really valid question. I'd even think to ask, they're like, well, what about this? And then you're like, yeah, I'm not, oh, that's kind of a good point, you know, versus if they're here, then they can raise their hand and ask it right to the person that's talking about this stuff. You know, whether it's tech training, whether it's, you know, actual technical training. Well, hey, what if you have this code that's coming on here and this? And then they're getting the answers real time and the buy-in, I think, is just huge. Yeah, it's it's no longer, it, it no longer has to be you. You don't have to be the person with all the answers. Put them in charge. Let yeah. them take that ownership side of it. But we have to be willing to invest in them in order for us to be able to take a step back and not have all those answers. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. So I uh, want to wrap up here, um, kind of a couple rapid-fire questions here. So a little bit cliche, but we're still going to ask them anyways. What do you feel is the hardest part for you about running a business? You know, in today's day and age, um, the, the changing industry in, you know, the, the big elephant in the room is, is the shortage of, of technicians. You know, we're, we're combating that with, uh, you know, putting together our very first apprenticeship program that, you know, I literally spent the last nine months of my life, you know, investing and building in. And, and we finally got our first apprentice in there. And, you know, even this weekend, I've been talking to a lot of people and they're like, oh, my gosh, how are you having somebody there that's just you're paying and not billing any hours? I'm not looking at it in the dollar sense. I'm looking at it in the passion that I have for this industry and somebody's going to have to be willing to step up eventually and put this stuff in place because we can't get these people in here fast enough. We have, somebody has to step up. Somebody has to, to take the opportunity and invest in that. Our apprentice had never changed a tire on a car, never checked oil, nothing. And in seven weeks through our training program, we have been able to, to get him ALI certified he now knows how to operate all of our lifts. He can lift vehicles. He can change tires. He can rotate tires. He can dismount tires. Um, he knows PPE. He knows safe workplace. He knows how to clean up spills. He knows how to contain spills. So we've created an entire pathway to bring anybody into this industry, whether you have a little experience, a lot of experience, or no experience at all, and really be able to excel them very quickly. Yeah. And I think that's really awesome there because not only did you say, Hey, what is the hardest part about running your business? You didn't just say, Hey, that's hard. And I struggle with that. And I complain about that. And, you know, I perseverate on that. You're like, that's the hardest part. And here's what I'm doing to change it. Yeah. I mean, I always say if, if we've got a problem, you know, bring me some solutions. They might not be the right solutions, but let's get our wheels turning on what we feel is going to be the solution. And at that point we can guide each other. And, and to me, it's technician shortage is all of our issues. Right. 
How do we Whether combat right that now or next week? And especially for a lot of, you know, a lot of the shops that we deal with that we know, you know, the difference between having a high performance shop and one that is in a lot of trouble is probably two people. And that is really, really scary to think about is we're not talking about businesses that have 60, 70 employees where you can lose a couple. Like you said, Travis's whole team is here. It's 12. You know, there is no one that is redundant there. If you lose two technicians, where are you going to go find them? You know, and how much is that going to cost you in the long run? Right. You know, and, and, you know, a lot of these shops, they've got one, two service advisors, three technicians. You lose one person, you lost 33% of your production. That is gut-wrenching. And I tell people that a lot because they're like, oh, man, I'm just running around with my chicken, my head cut off. I'm like, of course you are. You just (laughs) lost a third of your production staff. If you aren't running around, then you have, you know, super low productivity and you really shouldn't miss that person anyways. Right. Love it. So I'm going to wrap up here with one question. So I know you guys are thinking, I don't think Travis ever makes any mistakes. He's doing the right things. He's always ahead of the game. He's always seeing what's coming up next. Um, but I think it's also important, like all everyone here listening, everyone that has their own business, you're doing stuff because you learned it the hard way a lot of times. And so you might don't need to use your biggest mistake, but what is one big mistake or a mistake over the years that really taught you something and really kind of changed the way that you worked? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're probably going to have to take a commercial break because everybody's going to have to get up and stretch their legs before I get rolling in this. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, it, it's me, right? That's I'm the biggest mistake. I didn't take the chance to invest in myself. And when I truly took leadership, you know, seriously and, and, and really just took the bull by the horns, that's when we really started seeing change. Like everybody says, it starts from the top down, right? You've got to lead by example. And if you don't have as an owner the leadership, right? You're not going to have leaders below you or you're going to stop leaders below you. So in my opinion, the the biggest mistake is myself and not investing in me and doing that time. I start my morning every single day. The first 30 minutes of my morning is straight leadership, 100% leadership, whether it's, you know, watching a a YouTube channel, listening to a podcast, um, reading a book. I've read Extreme Ownership four times now. I absolutely love it. I mean, I could probably start just saying every word in the book by now. Um, you know, and now, and, uh, and now a quick reading from Travis. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, honestly, um, I, I'm the biggest failure. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's the biggest fa- failure that we've had. And, and I'm able to be humble enough to, you know, say that and take the ownership to be able to do something about it. And I think a lot of us, especially in this industry, there's a huge ego. Right. You're exactly right. And uh, the, the egos is what kills us. Um, we've got to be humble enough to be able to say, you know what? I'm wrong. And and I don't know the answer. Yeah. But I mean, but I'm going to find it. Yeah. I mean, I think that the ego can be the blessing and the curse. Right. The ego can be, you know what? I'm committed to this. I know it's going against the grain of what everyone else is doing, but I believe in this and this is going to work. But the same flip side, that ego is also going to hurt you because no one can tell me how to do something different, right? I mean, how many times do you see people go and work with coaches? They don't even know what they're talking about. Hey, maybe they do, right? And so invest in yourself. You might actually be the, you know, funnel in your business. You think, oh, my guys don't have any production. My guys, you know, don't have good communication. Hey, maybe you didn't give them the skills. You didn't give them the training. You didn't give them the feedback and the uh, management skills to be able to handle this stuff. And it's not just, hey, it's everyone else. Sometimes uh, the scariest thing is looking in the mirror and be like, you know what? This person in the mirror is the problem, not my service advisor. Exactly. Right? You know, one of the things that I always like to say is, is you know, our, our listeners can't hear us right now, but I'm going to point my finger at you, right? Mm-hmm. How many fingers do I have pointing at you? One. One. How many fingers do I have pointing at me? Three. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly right. I love it. I love it. Well, that was awesome, Travis. Thanks again for joining me. Um, always, always a pleasure, always enlightening, always looking forward, and I love to hear it. So I want to thank everyone here for listening. If you have any questions, you want to be a guest on the podcast, or even if you just have a question about a topic, please shoot us an email at podcast at parmelis.com. The link is in the uh, notes page here if you'd like to look into it. Remember to share, like, subscribe, share with a friend, anyone that you think could enjoy this episode and might be able to get something out of it. Look forward to talking to you guys again and have a great day. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.